Right, nearly half time, pal. Your turn to get a ground round in. Off you go. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN to get your first case of eight beers for just 5 95 That's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Welcome back to the view from the ninny and we are a third of the way through our nine game mini season Cardiff City have clawed their way back into playoff contention and it's now in our hands We've surprised even ourselves with wins against Leeds, Preston and even though we drew with Charlton We're still unbeaten since the restart Things are looking slightly rosy. So, joining me tonight, as usual, Ben Price and Tom Phillips. Ben, how are you? I'm really good, mate. How are you? All good, thank you. And Tom Phillips? Not too bad, thank you, mate. Not too bad. How's the Bristol game coming along? You're monitoring it for us live? It's 98 minutes in, 98 and it's still, still 1-0 Forest, as far as I can see. And Ashley Williams is still sent off. Still sent off, so that's good yeah. news for everyone. Yeah. Um, so we've got a bit of a jam-packed show tonight I think Ben Price yesterday said Oh, what are we going to talk about? Do we have to talk about Charlton? Well, I found plenty of other stuff for us to talk about So I hope you're excited and distracted Yeah, Twitter. Twitter's really come good for us here Well, thank you to everyone Yeah, it has <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't really need to talk about Charlton We can just talk about I think there's about 15 fan questions that we can go through But I suppose the starting point for this is the fact that we're a third of the way through that nine-game mini-season. We're three games in, we've conceded one goal, we've got seven points from nine. Ben Price, has it exceeded your expectations? Oh, massively. Um, I think a few people saw my tweets after last night's game, yesterday's game, and sort of missed, like, sort of got what I was saying wrong about being slightly down on the result. Set the the record straight. The start we've had in the first three games has been fantastic. We've gone up against two, well, three very difficult teams, all playing for very different things, mm-hmm. and come out with what seven points? It's a great start. We'd have been buzzing with that at the start if we had offered it before the Leeds game. Mm-hmm. Seven points. We only conceded one goal. Tom, is that more impressive? The fact that we only managed to concede one goal so far. I think that's the most promising thing. Really, is that we're solid. Like we. We haven't scored bags of goals for a long time now, and we come to terms with that. But we've leaked a few in certain games. 
And mm-hmm. we, we seem to have showed up our defence completely. We've got a partnership that we trust at the back, our midfield battle for everything. And if we carry on defending as well as we have over the last three games going into the final six, and we should be there or thereabouts. So, yeah, it's, it's just plenty of promising things come from it. So it's very Steve Claridge saying we should be there or thereabouts. Um, so I guess if we if we do a little recap of the table and where we are, where, where we're going into the next run of um, the next three games of our mini season, we're currently on sixty one points. Currently, um, uh, oh wait, I don't think that tables uploaded on the BBC. I thought we were one point ahead of Derby in in seventh place, but um, the BBC table doesn't seem to show that. Um, so I think we are one point ahead of Derby in seventh. We've got Swansea then in eighth, about four points behind us, and, and Forrest are, are just streaking ahead of us ever so slightly. So, you know, we're, we're in a good position. We've got going into these next three games. Um, ben, is this now probably the defining third of our season? We've got Bristol, Blackburn, Fulham. These are three big games, right? I think so. You look at the, they're the team sort of, other than Bristol, they seem to be the teams that will be really pushing us Um for those places in the playoff places, I think there's no doubt that if you come out of here with a similar tr- return to what we have at the first three games, then we're giving us a hell of a chance of making that top six. Um, and similarly, a couple of losses, and we can be really sort of comfortably looking at a mid-table finish and playing for nothing for the final three. It's um, do or die for those three games, I think. I could say it's on a knife edge. Um, and I can see now that the, the, Bristol, the Bristol result is full-time, Tom. Um, what does that what does that result mean for Saturday's game? I think we we can talk about Bristol a bit in more detail later on. But the next game in history is Bristol. We're we're now six points ahead of them. I think they're facing a suspension with Ashley Williams out. Their keepers are, you know, swapping in and out of the team. You know, how does this change the game going into Saturday? Uh, Bristol have got to come at us, haven't they? They've got to win now. They've got ground to make up. Um, and we're in that position. We're in the best position out of those teams now because it's in our hands. And people have got to come at us, and that's when we that's when we play our best, really. When we can sit back and we can catch teams. We saw against Charlton, the reason we didn't get anything from it is because they didn't come at us, they didn't have to. So the space wasn't there for us, and that's when we struggled. So, um, yeah, like, Bristol would come at us. And I, I'm now going into this game a lot more confident than I would have been three weeks ago, to be honest with you. And do you think, this is probably a question to both of you, so I'll start with Ben first. Do you think Ashley Williams being suspended is good or bad news for us? I think it's bad for us. You look at Twitter and you see the sort of Bristol City's fans' response to him. Um, they're not too enamoured with him at the moment. He's been out of form and sort of prone to a couple of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think him missing is sort of of benefit to Bristol more than it is to us. Yeah. He's, he's a weak link in that defence and um, we'd have definitely had the players to exploit him. You sort of think Glatzel running at him would have been a nice proposition. Now, Callas uh, coming in instead, who is a decent player, Suddenly, bizarrely, by losing a player to suspension, they seem more solid. Yeah, and, and Tom, I know you're, you know, as a Welsh football fan and a, a big follower of Wales, away, you like Ashley Williams, but he's not the same player, is he, as Ben points out? No, he's not. He looked a frustrated figure the last couple of games, and it's a pity that's boiled over in this game, not in the one against us, because in a, he's, it's a local derby, he's not a fan of Cardiff, as we know, after the Swansea link, so, mm-hmm. you know, he, he could have easily lost his temper there, but there's a reason he must have been keeping Carlos out of the team as well. So they're obviously not too happy with the centre-back. So perhaps we can exploit Carlos instead of Williams now. So perhaps we're reading a little bit too much into it. We never know. Maybe. And it seems like with their goalkeepers being in and out of the team as well, they might be in some disarray at the back. So hopefully it's it's setting up quite nicely for us to, to exploit going into Saturday. I think we'll talk about Bristol in a bit more detail later on. But I think 
we look beyond Bristol, right? And we've got Blackburn and Fulham. Um, ben, what, what do you see as a decent return from the next three games? Like you say, is it, is it similar return for the first three games or would you I expect think... maybe us to lose one of these? I, I don't want us to lose a game. I think you start losing games, you start tumbling down the table. It's that close. Like we're talking about Bristol City being a, a contender for the playoffs. You've got to remember they're 12th. That's how tight this league is at the moment. Yeah. Um, realistically, if you can, you've got to aim for, you've got to aim to win every game. Um, but if we come out of it with seven points, like I said earlier, then it's a um, fantastic return. So you're not just taking points off. You're not just gaining points. You're taking points off like teams that we're playing. Uh, so people like Fulham, who realistically, with Mitrovic being suspended for three games now, they're going to be fighting to stay in the top six. They're not playing for top two anymore. Yeah, I, I mean, looking at the, the the table last year, Tom, that was the, the sixth place team who got into the playoffs last year ended up on seventy four points. If we get another two rounds of seven points, we've got seven points in our first three games. We've got six games to go. That should take us seventy four points. With the league being as tight as it is, do you see? That mark, 74, 75 points being enough to get us into the playoffs? Yeah, you think so. Because you look at Derby's next three games, is Forest, West Brom and Brentford. Wow. So it's, That's a so run of fixtures. They've yeah. got a tough run. And then it's us. So the, we're all playing each other around there. And as you've seen, like, teams like Blackburn have dropped points. Millwall and Swansea drawing each other, they've dropped points. Bristol are a bit of a shambles at the moment as well. So... Seven points, which is great. And like, there's a bit of panic after the Charlton game, but that's only because Derby are on an absolute flyer at the moment. Mm-hmm. If they weren't on a flyer, then, you know, we, we've had a bigger gap there. They've won like five in a row now. It's the Rooney effect since Christmas, isn't it? But, you know, I think we're sitting pretty at the moment and people are going to drop points. They're going to continue to drop points. Like Preston aren't looking like that much at the moment either. So I, I think I've done teams will want to play us at the moment and... I'm still pretty confident that we've got a good shout, to be honest. Well, that's all we can ask for, right? A bit of confidence for a good shout. So I think if we before we before we go too far forward, let's take a little look back at Charlton. Obviously, it was a nil-nil draw, a point at home against Charlton. I mean, Ben, it wasn't the end of the world, right? But it wasn't the most inspiring of football matches. No, look, Charlton came to play for a point. They saw how we set up and know we're a counter-attacking team now and sort of set up not to create too much to give us any space to exploit. Um, they they came for a point and they got it. There's nothing wrong with that. Their system was set up like that, and they did it well. Then, they, they, to be honest, they're a better team than sort of people, their league position suggests. Yeah, I think, I think they're unbeaten since the restart as well. Yeah, yeah. And the only difficulty is for them, I think, is scoring goals. You could see without Taylor... Um, yeah, they're missing no that real, front, aren't they? Yeah, there's no real chance of them scoring. And I think Bowie is smart enough to see that. So he knew, he knows that clean sheets and a couple of points will keep him up. And look, Con Fulton, they're fighting for their lives. I'm not going to complain. Mm-hmm. I'm also not having Charlton fans on Twitter saying they, they were the better side and deserve three points either. But No, I mean, I think from, from our perspective, we actually got 59% possession, I think, which is um, almost unheard of for a Cardiff City side in the last three years, which is usually, I think, you know, when we beat Forest earlier in the season, we did it with 31% possession. So we're coming a long way into Harris. Um, Tom, I guess the, 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 some of the questions and some of the fallout from this game has been about the changes that were made to the team. I think, um, you know, Ward wasn't on the bench, but that was that was down to injury, according to, to Harris. Glatzel came on and, and was injured within the first sort of 40, 40 minutes or so. Do you think those changes were necessary? Do you think we had to make those changes? Yeah, I think we had to freshen it up. 
There's no doubt about that. And like it didn't come off. You see plenty of people saying like, why change a winning formula? Well, you change it when you're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. That's the simple answer, really, well, isn't it? Yeah. And like even the players that came on who've played in the last couple of games, they didn't have the impact either. So it wasn't just the players that came in. Like nobody really had a standout. Apart from the defence, they were solid, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But like, nobody had like a standout game. Like Rawls, like kind of fluffed his lines a little bit with like a, an attacking free kick. You had Mendes Lang showed a lot of promise going forward, but it lacked that kind of cutting edge at the end. Yeah. And then Hoylet, Hoylet then like fluffed his lines back post. Adoma had a we had chances as well. We just didn't show that clinical like against mm-hmm. Leeds. We had two chances and took both. Mm-hmm. Against Charlton, we had two chances and didn't take either. And that, that's the fine margins, really. And we're raving about the Leeds game, and yet some people have gone absolutely mental about the Charlton game. So it's just it's not like it's, Cardiff City fans to be that polarised, is it? Never seen it. Never seen it before. <laughs> yeah. um, I guess I think one of, one of the, the the kind of scapegoats for for Tuesday was um, a certain midfielder, which we'll come to a bit later on because I think the majority of our fan questions are about him. Um, and and to Tom's point, Ben, do you? Do you worry that we weren't clinical enough? I think we had 59% possession. We dominated the game. We, we didn't, you know, didn't look worried at the back, but we didn't score. Is that a worry for you? Or do you think it was just a blip when we were I so th- clinical in those first two games? I think it's just one of those things. Look, Charlton defended really well. Let's not take anything away from them. You've also then got Glatzel, who's been in absolute form, mm-hmm. taking a nasty head injury, a nasty cut above his eye, and him coming off. Um, he's been the striker in form of scoring the goals. Patterson hasn't. Patterson, like we said, um, the last pod, the guy who'd been doing the dirty work. Mm-hmm. So to expect Patterson to come on and sort of have the same chances uh, and take them is sort of a bit unfair. Um, the players, I was, I, I was really disappointed in Hoyler all game. I think when, from when he came on, I think he just had a shocker. He didn't look good, did he? No, it was just blunt. It was no ideas. There was no spark. There was a couple of simple passes he could have played. Uh, Tomlin a couple of times was in acres of space in the middle of the park and he's then taken into just dead end channels trying to whip it in mm-hmm. and that's the thing that frustrates me about um, Hoylet sometimes he can either whip, just do, pull out some absolute magic or he does nothing um, but it also I think you're systematic of you've put it's just a psychological thing of right Patterson's in let's whip the ball into the box and see if we can get a header and cheeky yeah. goal and we kind, of, we kind of change the way we play don't we because we think Patterson's a battering ram but he's good with the ball at his feet as well. That's what sort of annoys mm. me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, he does win a, an obscene amount of headers. We all know this. But it just it wasn't working. And we just didn't look like we had a plan B. But that's not... Look, it was a tough game. I'm not going to cry about it and say it's a disaster. We've got seven points, which is much more than I thought we were going to get from the first three games. Yeah. And as long as he keeps the positivity and the team move on from it, then we should be laughing for uh, Saturday. I was going to say, you sound very upset about it. So... Um... Maybe you maybe you should cry some tears over it then. <laughs> um, I think we, we Tom we come, we look at the clean sheet right, and I think a lot of people are quick to point out how good Nelson was. But we've, we've got a settled defence now, haven't we? I think Sanderson had played. You know, I've pointed out here that he had some good tactical fouls. I think there was one where they were rushing through on goal, and he just hauled them down. Nelson was probably our man of the match. I think that's that's the positives, right? We take from this. Nelson's probably our best defender now. We've got a really good settled defence, and, and that's what we build on. Yeah, exactly. And earlier in the season, so many people were worrying about you know the combination of Flint and Morrison, and they were too similar. But we've got a bit of pace now with Nelson. He's still a little bit raw at times as well. Like a lot of our players are, like Sanderson as well, will make the odd mistake. But like you said, that it was like a clever decision to foul at the right time, and and like and, and the midfield as well in front. Like they may have lacked in that game in terms of creativity, but they're solid in the middle as well. They're breaking a play. 
that at times they probably took the sting out of their own attack, but they also took it out the sting out of Charlton's as well. So, yeah, the positive definitely is our defence at the moment, and we can build on that. And and like I said, Bristol will have to come and push. We're playing other teams in and around us; they'll have to push as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's when we'll take advantage. Just stay solid at the back, and it'll come good. I'm I'm, I'm sure about that. I think you mentioned the midfield point there, and that's probably the right time to get into the, the, the Twitter questions from that. And I think I'm just counting through them now. There are, there are five questions about one particular player. Um, so obviously we rang the changes on Tuesday a little bit. You know, Volk was out, Marlon Pack was in. And I think Marlon Pack's getting a, a, lot, of, a lot of flack for this. Um, so I, I'll run through the questions, and then we can talk about Marlon Pack. So we had Scott, Sla- Scott Salter, friend of the pod, almost got his name wrong, asks, uh, Marla, is, Marlon Pack is City's worst midfielder since blank. Um, my brother Adam James asks Marlon Pack or Marlon Brando. Um, you and AD James says, Why do managers insist on playing Pack? I was one of those who defended him, but now I see the criticism. He's slow, seems to disrupt the tempo that the midfielders and defence set and doesn't shield the pack four well. Stuart H, Marlon Pack, seriously, just repeat that while shaking your heads for half an hour or so. That was to, to Ben's point about what we talk about. And then Bluebirds passed that appreciating that rotation was needed, but do you agree that, that Pack's days as a first-team starter should now be done and dusted and he's no more than a squad player now? The difference in the dynamism of the midfield compared to what he plays and doesn't is significant. And I think some of those are, are partly in jest, um, but I think that that last question and, and you and James's question probably, probably hit the nail on the head, right? I think when we look at a midfielder, and this is, this is probably an open question, so um, I'll, I'll try and direct it to one of you when I get to the end of it. Um, you know, when you, when you look at Joe Rawls, Volks, and Tomlin as a midfield three, Tomlin can, can be a bit further forward and relax a little bit while you have Volks and, and, and Rawls, who, who are very energetic, right? They run around a lot um, and they, they get stuck in and they throw themselves around. Bakuna works very hard and he gets up and down the pitch. We know he's a very good box-to-box midfielder. I think the problem with Marlon Pack is that he doesn't seem to have. He doesn't seem to be box to box. He doesn't seem to be very creative going forward. He, he, he's very much a, a water carrier in that midfielder, right? Right. He gets the ball, gives it to someone who can be more creative. And I guess the question is, and I'll, I'll start with you, Ben. Does that does that work in our team where we where we rely on those hard workers in the middle of the park to, to get things done? No, I don't think it does. Um, but I also think fans' expectations of what Pack was bought in for are sort of miscued. I think mm-hmm. like we're all picture in pack as a replacement for Gunnison. Yeah. And they're totally different players. It was just the sort of start gave a sort of false hope of right, this is the ideal replacement for Gunners who's now left the club. But replacing a player like Gunnison is going to cost you millions. Gotta remember Pack was five hundred grand. And he does a totally different job that suited the system Warnock wanted to play. Uh, this system now, Pack probably doesn't suit it. I think a lot of the stuff that people are saying is really unfair. I don't think he's a bad midfielder. Yes, mm-hmm. he slows the pay, play down, but that's that's his role. That's what he does in the midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a case of him being a bad player. It's a case of him being the wrong player. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, he, he said we paid half a, mil, uh, half a million quid for him. We actually paid four million quid for, for Marlon Pack. I think you're right. You can rise to it, can't you? But the, I think the initial fee. Well, yeah, the the initial fee is quite quite small, but um, 750k to one million up front, and then the rest of the money in instalments. Um, but yeah, four million quid from Marlon Pack. That's a lot of money. Um, <laughs> I take it the, back. I take it back. You shit. <laughs> <laughs> Top. I, I think I've I, you know I I I I've heard people chant some very unsavory things to Marlon Pack. What what's your view on him, Tom? You you know you're you're probably more. Um, forgiving fan than most yeah i'd agree with that um 
<laughs> I think he's quite effective in like a midfield three. He didn't mm-hmm. show that against Charlton, but you know, he, he isn't brought in for his pace. He's not got pace. Everyone mm-hmm. knows he hasn't got pace. But like I think what didn't help him as well was the midfielders either side of him didn't have a great game either. And then when Glatzel goes off as well, in in that final kind of 20, 30 minutes of the game where you're looking for a pass ahead of you, I think Glatzel makes those runs and makes it easier for the midfielders. Where I don't think Patson's quite got that quality. As much as he's a trier, I'm not sure he's getting quite the right areas like Glatzel would. So I think that makes Pack look worse then as well. There's no doubt he had a bad game. There's no doubt about that. But he wasn't the only one. And Cardiff love a bit of a scapegoat. Like, I'm not not every football every club does, but like, people are crying out for Tomlin to come in as well. So, like, if we can direct our anger at a certain midfielder, it gives us it gives us more of an opportunity to give an excuse to bring Tomlin in, isn't it? But you know, um, like he took the sting out of the Charlton attack, and like I said earlier on, he took it out of ours at times as well. But he's an effective midfielder at this level. If we if we ever did go up, like I don't think he'd do a job. But I think he's a decent championship midfielder, and that hasn't changed over the last couple of months. He was, he, I think he was top. If you look at the stat zone, he was top of our passes. He you know, hit 53 out of 62 passes. Um, it, he was our second, well, our most effective player in the final third, apart from Joe Rowell. 16 out of 25 passes in the final third came from Marlon Pack. So it's, it's, it, maybe, it's, maybe it's not necessarily a, a, his fault. Like you say, it, it could be the players around him. But I, I, I've always had this theory about, and I think it was the same with Aidan Flint, right? You know, when... When Marlon Pack and Aidan Flint were at Bristol, they were at this four, a team that always on the forefront, right? They were in League One, they were in the Championship, and they were an attacking football inside. They had players ahead of them, like people like uh, Bobby Reid, who were doing a lot of work for them. But when they come into to the Cardiff side, they're they're more on the back foot, right? So therefore, they're not they're not you know they're not used to they're not able to play the game they were used to playing, which was attacking, looking for that forward pass. And in Marlon Pack's case, it was probably getting the ball and giving it to someone else to do something with it. But in this team, I think we're expecting Marlon Pack to get the ball and do something with it rather than giving it someone to do something with. And that's that maybe is his downfall. Do you think he will... I think we'll, we'll come to the Bristol um, preview a bit later on, but do you think he'll be in the side for, for Saturday? Uh, either of you can answer this. I'll go with Ben Price first. I don't, I don't think he'll be in the starting eleven. I think it purely was a rotation thing. Volks mm. uh, has come in, played a lot of football, doesn't stop running for 90 minutes. He, um, to be fair, he earned that rest. And it, if you're going to rest a player an important player in the squad, then you do it in the team lower down, you do it against a playoff rival. Um, the rotation makes sense, but I don't expect to see Pack maintain his place in the squad uh, come Saturday. Tom, do you agree? I'm not sure. I think you might see him play. I think you might give Vox another game off the bench. I think, I wouldn't be surprised if he did games in like Banks as well a little bit. I, I, can, I can imagine him, Pack, Pack I, don't think, I don't think this criticism will He'll, he'll miss it. He'll know, he'll know what's going on. It's against a former team as well. I'd want him playing, I think. And, and a needle. Want, yeah, a bit of needle. And like, we want to take, we, we wanted to like stop Bristol's momentum. They're going to try and attack. They need to try and attack. And I think he'd be ideal for that. And then bring Volks on. But I want to see him play. And I want him to prove some of our fans wrong. This is just me being a bit more forgiving again. But <laughs> just being such in. a bloody good bloke. Yeah, get Give him, him in. Go. Lovely Marlon Pack. Get him involved. Um, I, yeah, I you know I, I can't see I I think I think for Saturday I, I do see Volks coming back in and I think um, you know I just think we need that energy in the middle of the park again, especially against in a derby against Bristol. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll discuss the Bristol game a bit further on um, in the pod. Um, we've got some more questions now. None of these are about Marlon Pack, but I think we'll we'll run through them quickly. It's about seven or eight here. So um, first question, Riley Strange. I'll ask, to, ask this one to you, Ben. 
Um, which players do you think Cardiff could realistically sign to improve the squad in the summer? Would you try and get a Doma back permanently? And Sanderson, question mark. Uh, Sanderson, definitely. Uh, I mm-hmm. think fitting to the squad really well. He's exactly what we need on the right-hand side and he's only going to get better. We're going to really struggle to find a player like him on, that knows the club and sort of getting in there. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen this linked with um, Gunter or someone like that and it's we've got to realise we're, we're, we're not going to pay, spend any money on transfers this year. It's free transfers and that's it. Um, so it's just, yeah, Samson's a must. Adoma... It's a strange one. Um, do, do, are you sad that he's gone? I am, yeah, because I think the cover he gives, like we spoke about it a lot, is the cover he gives Samson. It makes mm-hmm. makes his job of settling in so much easier. I think Samson's going to have a bit of a tougher time now if you've got, say, Murphy or Hoyle in front of him. While Murphy is a bit more defensive, uh, Hoyle's a bit more defensive, he still doesn't offer the same cover and the same intelligent cover as someone like Adoma did. Mm-hmm. Um, as as well then sort of who we're going for I don't really know I can't work out what the club's transfer policy is going to be if they're even going to go for anyone I was going to say I think I think it's, it's a football wide thing isn't it when you look at it at this stage I think there's if you look at what you know the, if, if the stories are meant to be believed around Hull and the fact that they're they're limiting how much they're spending on players sort of five to seven grand a week I think there's going to be a lot of people cutting their cloth this summer and uh, and there's going to be a lot of freebies knocking around I, you know I think if we're talking about players that I'd like to see a sign I think I'll have released people like Jackson Irvine, um, the, the Australian international. I quite like him. I see him as a good midfielder coming in on free. But beyond that, I really don't know. Again, it's, it's like you say, it's the money thing. Who's got money and where the, where the player's going to go? I've seen people say, like, I, Tom Huddleston announced he's left Derby today. Mm-hmm. I've seen Why would he say? I don't know if people are suggesting we sign him. But, um, no, I've seen, I've seen a couple of people suggest it, and then they're the same people flagging off Marlon Pack. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say Marlon Pack's <laughs> better than, than Huddleston, right? It's, yeah, it's, um, that's the sort of thing people are going to see. And the other thing is, you've got to think that Derby have let him go because his wages are too much. Mm. And Derby have got Wayne Rooney in the squad on 100 grand a week. And they're yeah. going, nah, he's not worth the money. Um, there's going to be a lot of players like that as well. Um, I think players are going to have a real tough time adjusting their demands. Um, it's a good and a bad time to be on a free transfer because I think clubs are only going to be looking at frees. Yeah. But clubs are also not going to be paying the wages they were 12 months ago. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really strange summer. I think it, it makes predicting things really hard. Um, Tom, if we move on to the second question, it was um, Alex Cornish said, if we beat Bristol, is all forgiven? Feels like we're arresting players at Charlton as a prelude to that. Obviously, nothing to be done about Big Bobby, but otherwise, surely that's the explanation. Do you, do you, do you think that if we beat Bristol, Tuesday just becomes a distant memory? I don't think there's nothing to forgive in the first place, to be honest. Saying all is forgiven, we've got seven points from nine. I don't know what people expect. This is what. Right. Sorry, I, I got a bit more angry then. I thought I would. Yeah, like I've never seen such fire from you. Yeah, yeah I know. But like, no, I, there's nothing. There's nothing to forgive. Like we're, we're playing all right. Like, and if we beat Bristol, yeah, of course. The the three games before it completely get for, forgotten. Like mm-hmm. we can't fall out of the playoffs if we win on Saturday as well. So yeah, definitely, all will be forgiven, and we'll get angry about the next thing. Like it, yeah. I think we will beat Bristol. I'm more confident than I was a few weeks ago as well. Is that purely because of what, what's happened tonight with their players being suspended or just because of our performances? A combination of both and I'll probably change my mind by tomorrow. Well, I'm just, I'm just looking through the release players. Jamie Ward's been released by Nottingham Forest. Remember when he signed for us? He did Remember nothing, he, did he? He did nothing for us. Did absolutely nothing. Just a weird one. I'm just looking through now to see who, who might be available on a three. Um, I, mean, I it's, think... Uh, 
With the likes of Wigan as well, who are going into administration, you won't hear. The, I think you won't hear the last of stuff like Kiefer Moore floating about and stuff like that again. I forget we're going to go into administration. That's a really interesting one. Yeah, oh, so let's, I'm just, let's they bring the only Marshy home. Yeah, bring Marshy home. Let's bring the band back together. Dave the <laughs> save. Get him back. Get him back. Um, moving on to the, to the next question. This one's for you, Ben. Um, does does Benno, Joe Bennett need to get just get the chains off more often? He rarely marauds forward, and when he did, he once he created a chance for us. It seems like he goes forward three steps and plays it back. He, he's very good at going forward, isn't he? Do you think we need to see more of that? Yeah, I think definitely. Um, He's a creative player. Um, we forget just how he, when he came to the club, he was brought in as a left wing back. Mm-hmm. It was more under Warnock after the disaster that was Paul Trollope, and um, <laughs> that he converted to the more standard, like defensive left back. And at mm-hmm. times he looked a lot more attacking than he actually was because he was playing alongside Lee Pelcher on the right hand side, who, um, if he went past the halfway line, got a nosebleed. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Bennett needs to go forward more. He also should never take another free kick again. I keep on seeing him line up for free kicks and it worries Yeah, me. that's a weird one, isn't it? But he, I, I, I really like Bennett. He seems like a lovely bloke, but Christ, he wants to be David Beckham. <laughs> I tell you what, though, he's got good air. He's got a good barnet on him. Anti. Fantastic. Yeah, really good. They good look tattoos. expensive. Mm. I always see him walking into, like, the, um, you know, when they walk through with their wash bag. He's got a nice go yard wash bag. And um, I've looked at the prices on those things, and they are quite expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so he's clearly a man of, of, of good taste um, that's your question yes he should get forward more good good with short it, answers with, with his lovely teeth <laughs> with his lovely teeth and blind the opposition um, Tom this one's coming to you from Di Doniel when was the last time you saw a genuinely fantastic Tuesday night game I don't think they happen I was trying to think about this earlier because obviously I got foresight of the questions I was thinking back to when we beat Leeds 2-1 and I can't even remember if that was a Tuesday night game when Jason Kumas came off the bench um, God, that's years think. ago yeah, I can't think of one. Mind you, my memory's gone. It's like a sieve since lockdown. I can't remember anything. Has your brain football. gone to mush? Absolute mush. But yeah, you don't see. Yeah, you don't. It's kind of a myth. These games under lights being crackers, isn't it? Really? I can't. I honestly can't remember the last one. West Brom. Yeah, I thought West Brom in January. Yeah, we West beat West Brom. Brom. Cracking game. Didn't Joe Ryle score a hat trick against? Was it? Well, I can't, early in the season he scored a hat-trick uh, Birmingham game. he scored a hat-trick against that midweek that was yeah, a Saturday game. game that was a Saturday, was a Saturday game, game. Oh. Yeah. my memory's gone as well <laughs> <laughs> QPR we beat them 3-0 another good game earlier in the year yeah, yeah. oh actually yeah what? Yeah, that was a good and, game and actually didn't we beat Brighton last season on a Tuesday night we did yeah uh, oh yeah that's one of the best games we've ever beaten to <laughs> so um, any one of those actually die <laughs> Oh, you, pick, you can choose. I, well, I, I love midweek games. I, midweek games are the best, apart from getting yeah. home and having tea before work. It's an absolute pain in the ass. Other than that, oh, I love I love going to Car City Stadium under the lights on a Tuesday. I like I mean, it as well. They were always always my favourite games growing up, and uh, you know, especially at Ninian Park. I think Eddie Park scored on Tuesday night, didn't he? Did he score against um, Derby on a Tuesday? Derby, night? yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Uh, he scored two. He scored the last ever own goal at Ninian Park. <laughs> under the floodlights and it was uh, on Tuesday night when we beat Derby 4-1 I think it was was it Derby 4-1? Yeah I've still got my I saw Eddie score t-shirt somewhere I'll have to take it out <laughs> for the next pod <laughs> uh, I, I had a DM conversation with him he keeps promising to come on the pod so maybe I'll, I'll work on him again just drop that in there while I, why don't I uh, my brother's back again with another question um, I can't remember who I asked that one to I asked that one to you didn't I Tom so I'll come to yeah. you Ben on this one um, what would you have preferred to have done with those 90 minutes that you'll never get back on Tuesday? Um, 
they've just brought out a new expansion pack to Pokemon Sword and Shield. So have they? They have. I haven't had a go on it yet. I, I paid for it and I haven't actually used it. So um, I probably would have played that. I've I've been big focused on my Animal Crossing game at the moment, so my island's really coming up. Now I'm all about this new wild area. It's amazing. Really? Apparently so. Yeah. What do you have? Do you have sword or shield? I have sword. You have. I have sword as well. I have sword as well. Maybe we should meet up on sword and have a have a little battle. Have a sword fight. (laughs) Yeah, have a sword (laughs) fight. Not in that way. Um, (laughs) uh, Moving on to the next question, Tom uh, Kian G says, "How exciting, refreshing is it to see Ralph play consistently the the way we'd all hoped? He has really started to mould himself into the ilk of Whittingham." Do you agree with that being the ilk of Whitman? But are, are you just generally excited about Joe Ralph being bloody good at football? Yeah, I'm excited about him being bloody good at football. I don't think comparisons to wits, I don't think they come close really. But it's, it's good to see him consistently playing well. And there's, there's, there's no coincidence when he ticks, we tick as a team. So mm-hmm. if he plays well going, going into these final few games, then yeah, I think we'll see us tick. And I, I'd love to see us batter a team. It's just come into my head now. I haven't. I want. I want to. I'd love to imagine Bristol on the weekend, five 0 That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, be so well, nice. Been a while. Like the same. We beat six 0 before, didn't we? Johnson as well. Just oh. that's the game that gets in the sack. That, that would be really nice. Bell end. I can't stand that prick. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold back, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, yeah, do, go I'm on, six foot tall, and he gives me little man syndrome. <laughs> Where's my head in? <laughs> What was it? We beat. When did we beat them? Six. Was it six nil or six one? Six nil. Uh, hey, that was a midweek game. That was a midweek game. Another brilliant <laughs> midweek game. Was it when Gary? Was it Gary Johnson who tripped up Chopper as he ran past him while he was celebrating? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> little man versus little man. Um, right. Now we've got two more questions from the fan questions, and then we'll move on to the Bristol game. So Ben, this one's coming to you from uh, Hal Bennett, the Raspin Dog. Um, if we are unable to, to secure Sanderson, I struggle over my words sometimes, secure Sanderson on loan next season, what are your thoughts on converting and utilising Gavin White as a swashbuckling attacking fullback? His defensive game has already been highlighted in the warm-up earlier in the season. Do you think he's a viable option at right-back? So I, I was thinking about this question, Ben, and I'll, I'll let you answer the question, but um, do you think that would take something away from his attacking game if we did convert him to right-back? Because I think he's I good think, going forward. I don't think he has an attacking game for me. Um, oh runs and runs and runs. I think he's a good player. He's got a lot of promise, but at the moment I can't think of a final ball he's put in when he's played. Um, but I also don't think he's right for a right back. If you were playing mm-hmm. wing backs with three at the back, then he'd be a fantastic wing back if he starts getting mm-hmm. that final ball. But as a right back, it, it, it's a lot to learn for a player that sort of, he's not like, it's not like we, sometimes we forget with white. He's not like he's 16, 17, he's 21, 22. Yeah. So it's not like he's a baby. He's just new to us. He's a new toy for us. Um, <laughs> I, I think realistically, if we're going to get... He's 24, right, actually. Exactly. 24. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think if you're going to bring... Instead of changing someone, you, you've got to bring someone in, I think. It's a specialist position now that, that can really offer a lot. Trying to convert someone that's played winger all their life to a right back, especially at 25, is not the way to go. Surely, and it was to your point earlier when you say about Hoyler being quite good defensively. Surely, you, surely you try and get him to learn from Hoyler, right, about what he does defensively as well going forward, and try and mould him into the the, the, the long term replacement for Hoyler because you know Hoyler's got a year left on his contract or whatever. Do you think that? Do you think that's like the, the happy middle ground? 
I think so. Yeah, I just, I to, to me, I think he's got the defensive side down. He's very solid defensively. His work rate's fantastic. It's the other end where I think he could be learning from Mendes and Murphy, or just sort of mm-hmm. improving on there. He needs to learn to get that final ball and learn when that final pass needs to be made uh, before he can sort of stake a claim to being a long, uh, like a long-term first teamer. So let me let me just clear it up. You basically need him to. You want him to become the perfect hybrid of Sanderson, Hoyler, Murphy, Mendes, Lang. Uh, yeah, do you want to check Roberto Carlos in there as well? Is that too much? Yeah, time? why not? Fuck it. Yeah, go for yeah. it. Yeah. So, Gavin, if you're listening, just have a have a, have a word with yourself and try and work Fuck on that. Say, Gav. <laughs> Suck it up, boy. Uh, and the final question from the from Twitter was from a uh, Sir David Carter, Die Carter. Um, if we were to go up, he is an actual knight of the realm. I, I it always blows me away. Um, if we were to go up via the playoffs, is it not inevitable that it would be another one season wonder? We have pretty much the same squad as last time, and no plans to invest in new players. What would be our chances of staying up third time lucky, Tom? Again, I think it depends what happens with teams struggling with money. I don't think you're going to see too many teams throw in cash about. So mm-hmm. I think it could be a yeah, we'd be we'd be favourites to drop straight back down if we went up. There's no doubt about that, but there'll be plenty of other teams who will need to do some I'd solidify their squads and probably won't be able to. So in short, yeah, we'd be favourites to go back down, but we'd have a better chance than other seasons considering what's gone on in the last few months or so. I mean, the, the bottom half of the Premier League hasn't improved, right? Has it? When you look at it this season, I think Newcastle look like world beaters now and they're only 13th. It's I mean, got worse. I think the standard of the yeah. Premier League is really poor. And I feel sorry for Liverpool. Sort of like a lot of people gone about Look at these teams. Are they, is Liverpool a great team in the Premier League? And you can't really judge it because the Premier League was a lot more competitive. Mm. I think it's Liverpool side are fantastic, but the league around them is really, really poor at the moment. And it's getting poorer and poorer. The gulf between the Championship and the top end Premier League sides is massive now. Um, the days of sort of Bolton, who, like the Bolton sort of getting the UEFA Cup are gone. Like it's Sheffield Wednesday are an anomaly on this. Um, not Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield United, sorry. Um, I think the Premier League's poor, uh, bottom half, but it also means that the Championship's going to get a lot tougher now with teams coming de- uh, dropping down. The view from the Ninian. Right, and so to Saturday's game, where we play the old enemy Bristol City. Derby Day, on telly, a three o'clock kickoff. Bit of uncharted territory, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, no bubble trip for one. No travel restrictions, no early start. It's uh, well, actually, nice. there are travel restrictions. We're not allowed to travel. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we <laughs> it's the ultimate bubble trip. That's <laughs> killed my laughing. <laughs> um, it's it's quite. It'd be quite weird to watch a three o'clock game on TV, won't it? It will. Um, yes, yeah, Sky. You've got this on TV, haven't they? It is on TV. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Yeah, it's yeah the blackout thing sort of. Seemed outdated for a while now because you know, everyone just streamed games anyway. Mm-hmm. But legally having it on, yeah, it would be a strange one. But um, be a really strange one. A nice thing at the same time. Um, Tom, the, the, the kind of Bristol derbies are often very bad tempered. I think they're almost a bit more testy than the the Swansea ones. Do you think the lack of crowd will, will impact this, or do you think the players will will be just of a just of a, just as aggressive as they usually are? Ah, oh, you won't be as aggressive. There'll still be that needle there. Especially mm-hmm. with like the crossover to players like we've played for Bristol, playing for us and stuff. But you have when you haven't got like two thousand of us in one end, like shouted, like you probably wouldn't have got the sending off. Was it Bogle last time? Yeah, like he he got sent off because he got wound up because the fans were getting excited. Like you're mm-hmm. not going to get that now. But I think that it could play into our hands a little bit as well because it's not an early kickoff. We don't have to travel very far. Like it takes it, 
it takes the whole thing of like 20,000 Bristol fans out of the equation as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it'll, it'll have an impact, but hopefully I think it'll be a positive one for us. And this is a question to both of you, so we'll go to Ben first. Do you hate Bristol or Swansea more? I hate... It's a difficult one because I've got like sort of personal things on both of them. <laughs> What's my your personal thing about Bristol? Well, my, brother, my brother's a Swansea fan, so that does my head in. What? My brother's a Jack, yeah. Don't ask. No, well, I won't. Well, 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 I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> and then I worked. I worked in Bristol for years, so I've put up with a lot of. Um, of course, you did. Put up with a lot of them as well. So, um, yeah, I'm not a fan of either, to be honest. I think purely for the ability to abuse my brother if we beat Swansea, I hate Swansea more. Okay. Um, but it is pretty close. I really don't like either. And Tom, I hate Bristol more. Um, I've never met a nice Bristol City fan. <laughs> I'm putting it all there. I, I know I'm from Westwell as well, so I, I dislike Swansea just because like, I'm surrounded by them and there's nothing worse than losing to Swansea and then having to put up with it from everyone for the next like, six months. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I've met nice Swansea fans. I Genuinely, I don't think I've met a nice Bristol City fan. And I hate Lee Johnson more than yeah. most people in football as well. <laughs> I've never had a good time when I've gone there. Um, for games um, I'm trying to think of a positive I can't think of a positive about Bristol to be honest they quite think nice they're a better city. city than they are nah they think they're better than they are they think they're little London it's quite a nice yeah. city centre I've had enough of them no I'm not having this Ben alright alright well <laughs> yeah, moving swiftly on from that one uh, we kind of touched upon it at the at the the, the start obviously we're, we're, we're kind of seeing things is in threes we've had our first third of the mini game um, this this feels like the the now it takes on extra importance, right? With all the results that have happened this evening, with Derby coming up the rails, this game is is quite important now, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, I think like, a win here kills them off. You're, you're essentially, it's essentially elimination for playoffs for them. They have mm-hmm. to win, otherwise the playoffs are done. I think even a draw sort of kills their playoff chances. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fewer teams we've got competing for those playoff places, the more or the less stress we've got on us and the less pressure we know who we're targeting, know where we're going from. It yeah. would keep it in our hands. And Tom, what, what changes would you make? Obviously, we, we talked earlier about Pack. We talked maybe about the, there was the clamour for kind of Tomlin to come in. There's maybe a question mark over, over Glatzel. Is, is there anything you would definitely do? Or are you, you know, less stressed about that? I'm less stressed about this one. I think, um, I think you don't start with Tomlin. Um, I think we, show, we make sure we're solid at the back again. And mm-hmm. I did, this game is bigger for them than it is for us. Like they, they need something from this game. And if we don't get something from it, 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 it could be a big problem further down the line, but it's less likely to be as it is for them. So I think, yeah, let them come at us. We set up solid, and then that's when you bring on the likes of Tomlin then to finish them off maybe later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Ben, you, you touched on it earlier about Adoma and, and Hoyler. Would you expect Murphy to, to be back in the squad? He's been touch and go for the last few weeks now. Do you, do you want to see him in a game like this? Yeah, definitely. I think you've got someone with Murphy's creativity and his ability you want him in and around the squad. Um, I don't think he'll start. I don't mm-hmm. think he'd be quite ready, but I tell you what, him coming off the bench after 70 minutes is not a bad option at all, especially if he's sort of on form and can sort of create something. Um, mm-hmm. If he gets past the first man, first go, then yeah, it will be a nice nice thing to have off the bench. And, and how do you think in general we'll, we'll, we'll approach this game? I think, you know, against Leeds, we were, we were solid, come back, caught them on the counter-attack against Preston. We were a, a bit more on the front foot. And even on Tuesday, we were more controlling in the game. Do you, do you, Tom, envisage us kind of sitting back a little bit and trying to 
trying to soak up some pressure or do you see us being a bit more adventurous? No, I think we'll soak up pressure. And it, like um I watched them against Sheffield Wednesday. Um Scouting. Yeah, scouting. Take it seriously, boys, really do. And um <laughs> they 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 both the Sheffield Wednesday goals came from really sloppy defending from set pieces but by Bristol. They're now losing a centre back as well. So I think I think that's where we see us have an impact and I'll go for my classic prediction of Morrison to score first. But like, I, I think we will I think that's where we can make them pay to be honest. I, I think they are a bit ropey at the back at the moment. For bizarrely, like Lee Johnson was playing like Benicophobia wide in the last game and people were just up in arms about it. I don't I don't think he knows what to do at the moment. I think he's out of ideas. And I think so if we sit back and invite invite the pressure for a bit, I I think they'll I think they'll trip themselves up in the end and I think we could pick them off. To to that point, Ben, obviously we, we look at Bristol's form. They they've not won since a restart and we that we saw they just lost to Forest. They've had red cards. You have to go back to I think the twelfth of February for their last win. Surely that means it's 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 three points for Bristol. Surely that means they're gonna win. In classic Cardiff City, I'd normally say yes, but then I also thought we'd get battered at Preston. Mm-hmm. Times, times are changing. <laughs> times, it's, it's a great, 2020's been a fucking crazy year. And just I, the way think... this is going, I can see Etheridge scoring a hat-trick. <laughs> Look, let's, I, I think this, this, this is probably where we'll leave the Bristol preview because um, we, we've covered, covered a fair bit of it up, up, at, the top of the, at the top of the show. Do we dare to dream that we could be the team that gets Lee Johnson sacked? We'll, we'll start with you, Ben, and we'll go to you, Tom. Is that something you, God, you dream about? Do you, do you know what? I want that more than I want three points. <laughs> it's really petty. It's really childish. But yeah, I want that more than three points to sack that dickhead. So even if we got like a draw, even if we got, if, 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 so, if I came up to you now and said it'll be a one-all draw, but Lee Johnson will get sacked after the game, you'd take that. I strongly contemplate it, yeah. And then I remember he called, then then I'd remember he called this side a Premier League side in training and think, fucking me, I'll take the point. All right, that's uh, that's pretty conclusive. And Tom, Nate, what's what's a redeeming feature of him? There's not one. <laughs> I still rather three points. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, I think we've uh, we've we've established that Price isn't a fan of Lee Johnson. <laughs> Is oh, anyone? God. Is his dad? I don't think even his dad is, isn't he? <laughs> he birthed him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So let's let's get a, a little prediction before we move on to the, the the usual end of the show with a quiz from from Tom Phillips. Ben, what do you see happening on Saturday? Uh, Lee Johnson meltdown in the fifty eighth minute, um, <laughs> and a three one win to Cardiff City. Three one win to Cardiff. Tom. Uh, 2-1, I think we'll go 2-up and then we'll make it a bit nerve-wracking for ourselves in the final few minutes and concede. All right, and I'm going to go with uh, a 2-0 for Cardiff, I think. Nice. Confident. So that's another three points in the bag. Right, and then we'll end, as usual, with uh, a special quiz from, from Tom Phillips. I'm not sure how this one's going to go, but we'll go for it. Right. You've all heard of the, the Bradley Walsh quiz, yeah, on ITV. What's it called, boys? <laughs> The chase. chase. So it's nothing like that, but it sounds like it. This one's called the chase. Where every <laughs> every and oh, you should see the graphic again, boys. Fantastic, but. 
so every answer is a famous Jason, a sport, a, a footballer Jason. It's not Jason Donovan or anything like that in it. But to make it a little bit more interesting this time, you get to pick if you want a home Jason question or an away Jason question. If you pick Great a home, question. yeah, you get if for home you get a point, and for away if you go further afield you would get two. So it depends if you want to get points on the board, what you want to do here. It's tactical. Right. We'll go. We'll go for four questions each, and well, we'll, we'll see. We we'll go from there. Um, well, who should we go for? I reckon Ben Price. Well, you the, can go. For, oh yeah, yeah, I'm, oh, yeah, you I'm pick, the reigning right. champion, so I'll, I'll let Ben Price go first. <laughs> <laughs> ben I Price. Got that in, didn't you? I did. Yeah, three 0 <laughs> Right, then, Ben. Homer away. Oh fuck it. Let's start big away. Away. Right, first question in the Jace. Which Jason played for Team GB in 2012 but has yet to make an appearance for his current club, Brighton, since joining in 2018? That's a good one. Thank thank you very much. No, I've got nothing. I can't think of a single Jason. All I'm thinking is Jason Donovan and that Cadbury's advert. (laughs) It's not an answer for any of them. I'll give you that clue. Oh. But no, I've got nothing. We won't do steals in the game, but um, Ben, other Ben, <laughs> Ben J. Um, no, I don't really. I don't really have an answer. I, I thought Jason Punchin, but um, I don't know why. No, the answer was. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, that's ruined one of the other questions, so that one's out. Um... <laughs> 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 the answer to that one was Jason Steele. Jason Steele. Of course. Steel. Right, Ben James. After that, are you going to go home or away? I'm going to go home. Home. Playing 281 times to City between 87 and 97. Which Jason got one Welsh cap against Norway in 1994? Jason Perry. Jason Perry is a point on the board for Ben James. Yes, get in. Congratulations. Thank you. Right, Ben Price. Uh, I'll go home. Home. Which Jason played for Swansea, Cardiff and Newport, scoring a combined 108 goals for the three sides? (sighs) The agony. I think I know this. I can't think of any Jasons on the spot. Oh, you, you might struggle in this quiz then. It's <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got names in my head. I don't think they're footballers. <laughs> I don't know what you them. <laughs> like, in my head, it's saying Jason Stewart, and I don't even think that's a person. <laughs> is that, is that... <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's Jason... somewhere. Yeah, I'm going for uh, Jason Stewart. No, that's incorrect. Um, are the Ben? Jason Bowen. It was Jason Bowen. The score of the greatest own goal I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm Facebook and Jason Stewart. Blame him. <laughs> Send him a message. Right, Ben James, Homer away. Uh, I'm going to go away for this one. Are you? Mm. Right then. Which Jason played 12 times for Granada, scoring eight times, and saw his most prolific spell at Bristol Rovers? Uh... Jason Lee? 
No, sorry, it's Jason Roberts. Ah, oh, Jason Roberts. You didn't throw it over to Ben Price to answer. Sorry, Ben Price. Jason Roberts. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So the score's on the door so far. Is it 1-0? One 1-0. Nil? One nil. Yep. 1-0, right. Ben, ben Price, when we're away. Uh, I'll go away and hope I get the Jason Punching question. Yeah. I'm avoiding that, but it would have been now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Name this Jason. He played for Bolton, Liverpool, Blackburn, Sunderland, and Tranmere. Ah, it's not a double bluff, and it's definitely not Jason Punch in this one. Um, say again. So he played for Bolton, Liverpool, Blackburn, Sunderland, and Tranmere Rovers. No, I've got nothing, boys. Absolutely nothing on this. Ben James. I do know this. I can see Wikipedia reflected in your glasses. It's not actually. It's a no, I'm joking. Um, say, say the clubs again. Bloody hell. It's just bad radio now. Bolton, Liverpool, Blackburn, Sunderland and Tranmere. Jason McAteer. Jason McAteer. Fucking hell. As soon as you, you say it, it comes into me. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you say it, I know. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, boys, I'm too busy calling Jason Stewart a prick for not playing <laughs> So, Ben James, home or away? Uh, let's go home. Let's, let's hopefully get it easier this time. Right. Which Jason made zero appearances for City during a 2011 loan spell, but did manage to get three caps for Wales? I know this one. Which Jason... So, 2011 loan spell? Yes. He didn't make any appearances for us? No appearances for us, correct. In 2011? Yes, 2011. <laughs> We've got three Wales caps. And the country of Wales, yes. <laughs> um, Jason Brown. It is Jason Brown. God, I saw him warm up so much that season. <laughs> yeah. He was a right. legend. He was a good goalie. <laughs> right, so that, isn't he the reason everyone went out on the piss? For the, for the, before the Middlesbrough game? Well, uh, if you listen to the, po- the podcast with Jay Bothroyd, uh, he, he said that they just went out for lunch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> me thinks Jay Bothroyd was telling porkies. You could tell him. It's bigger than me. I can't. He blocks me. <laughs> <laughs> right, Ben Price, final question. Are you going home or Well, you kind of have to go away, don't you? I've got to go away to go for the winner, don't I? Right, Okay. Which Jason's last three clubs are Leeds, Wigan and Charlton, with him still being at the latter? Generally. See um, the pain in, in your face, yeah. No. No? Give up? Yeah. Ben James. Jason Pierce. Jason Pierce. Right, so last question. The glo- just a glory question here. Ben James, rub a bit of salt into the wounds. Are you going to go home or are you going to go away? I'll go away for this one to see if I can really rub that salt in. Which famous footballer, Jason, did Piers Morgan famously call a sexist pig on Good Morning Britain? And, also, and he also appeared... On Michael Bublé, Home for Christmas. 
<laughs> Jason. Yes, Jason, yes. All the Sexist Pig by Piers Morgan. Yes. Um, when did he get called a se- Quite recently then. Oh, sorry, I was doing a I don't know sign there. I just realised. I shrugged, that's shrugged. it. Jason. Uh, the name Jason is losing its meaning. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it looks like it's spelled wrong. Yeah it's, yeah, it's one of those kind of words. Sexist pig on Good Morning Britain. What really annoys me is that I know this one. Well, I'll let you have it, mate, and then you can, you can be equal with me. And Tom, hopefully Tom Phillips has got a, a tiebreaker. It's not equal, is it? Because it, it's not stealing. Yeah, well, he, he, can, he can have the glory. Go on, Ben. It's Jason Cundy, isn't it? It's Jason Cundy. It is Jason Cundy. I, I did write out the tiebreaker, but didn't actually look up the answer, so you're not having it. <laughs> to Jason Kumas. <laughs> no, he is there. <laughs> Jason Derulo. So so like every, every question I was just waiting for Jason Kumas to drop because that was I the only was Jason I could... well. well, if you don't, if you've gone home for every question, we eventually would have got to him. But <laughs> you, you, you were brave, so I'm thankful for that. I wasn't brave, I was foolish. <laughs> so it's 4 0 now in the Ben v. Ben series. Yeah, Benno v. Benno. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, I'm just I'm quite happy that I've got that big win because I suppose we've probably got three or four podcasts left, so I'm almost unassailable at this late. This, I'll make this sure I can make, a, I'll make another five quizzes just to give other Ben a chance. <laughs> i got nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, the lockdown. Lockdown's almost over, mate, so better get cracking. <laughs> Right, um, I think we should call it a night there because it's been quite a long podcast and Ashley Williams is trending on Twitter. So, um... <laughs> Is it because of his hair and his midlife crisis haircut? I like his hair. Uh, no, it's... I'm not so sure about that. Ashley Williams has lost the plot. Um, it's never been the same since Jamie Vardy sent him back to the future. That is a funny um, that video. The exiled Robin says, bloody ridiculous, Ashley Williams. That's our experienced in um, inverted commas man again showing his composure last time in the city shirt please i think we could all enjoy that as a as a final tweet on the uh, beautiful minion so boys it's been a pleasure once again thank you very much um, we'll... Whoops, <laughs> <laughs> and um all i, I can think talk... is just jason just thinking about jason you've really done a number on ben there anyway <laughs> we'll, we'll talk again we'll talk more jason's post bristol i'll see you later boys See you, have a good one. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny. And